The following safety announcement is produced by KUCI 88.9 FM and the UCI Police Department. Hi, this is Randy Steiner with the UCI Police Department. When walking on campus, be aware of your surroundings and the people around you. Walk with confidence and avoid poorly lit areas. Become familiar with the blue light phones located throughout campus, housing communities, and parking structures. They provide 24-hour direct communication to the UCI Police Department and can be used to report a crime, fire, medical emergency, or suspicious activity. Here's how they work. Simply push the button and you are immediately transferred to a UCI Police Dispatcher. The blue light strobe flashes and a dispatched officer can find your location. The receiver picks up sounds within a 15-foot radius. Be ready to answer questions about the nature of your call. Always walk with a friend, especially at night. If needed, call UCI Police Safety Escorts at 949-824-SAFE. They provide a free safety escort to your campus destination 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For more information, visit www.police.uci.edu. Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. And kicking off the second half of the show, I'm very excited to have this next gentleman on. Willie Baronet is joining me, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's an artist, activist, professor, and he calls himself a curious dreamer. And he created this project, We Are All Homeless. If you go to my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, you'll see the information about his project. Uh, it's all the details about the We Are All Homeless project, but also he helped create a film called Signs of Humanity, which I had a chance to watch, with, which was so powerful about the homeless. So I'm going, not going to blather on anymore right now. I'm going to bring Willie on. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, as I mentioned, I was so moved by your film, Signs of Humanity. You've been collecting signs from the homeless for what, over 20 years? 26 years, since 1993. So, Willie, how did this all start? Well, you know, back then, this was before cell phones, and it was at a time when, for me, in Dallas, Texas, anyway, it was the first time I started to see people on street corners holding signs, and I think like a lot of people, I did my best to avoid eye contact, and after, you know, doing that for a while, I realized I just didn't like how that felt, and the idea to buy signs, I'm not sure where that came from, but once I started, it was such a profound difference, and it was a way now for me to have a conversation, to find out their name, and um, really just to engage with the human on the other side of that sign. You know, I, as I mentioned, I watched the film, and you interview more than 100 people on the streets, and you bought over 280 signs. And I love how someone says, I don't know, $5, and you'll say 10 And they're just shocked because no one even takes the time to talk to them. Well, and they, they also don't think that their sign is of any value, and I think a lot of them are pretty surprised that I am interested in the sign and then even more surprised that I'm interested in them. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's been a pretty typical reaction. And, and the 280 signs, by the way, that was while we were traveling across the country shooting this documentary. Uh, but I have over 1,800 signs and have been doing this a long time, so... I've had lots and lots of those interactions. Incredible. I, as I said to you, I feel like this exhibit that you have of all these signs should be in every city. Uh, you know, here I'm outside of L.A., I've been to Seattle, I've grown up in Manhattan. You know, 
uh, homelessness is just, it's not going away. You know, it's just increasing. Indeed. And L.A., in a lot of respects, I would say is ground zero. I don't know that there's a city in America with a more significant problem than Los Angeles. Right. People's reactions. I mean, I know for mine, it, you know, it'll. I'm thinking, oh, my safety. You know, do I really want to stop and talk to this person? But there's a misconception that so many of these people suffer from mental illness when, in fact, some of them have lost their spouses. You know, they lost their jobs. Could you share a little bit about what kind of stories you heard? Sure. Um, and I, I would say that a lot of, first of all, I'm not an expert on homelessness, but I've, I've learned a lot anecdotally from people that are and um, from conversations, of course, with people on the streets. But it appears that about a third or slightly more than a third of the people on the streets have some form of diagnosable mental illness. Uh, so that is a substantial issue, and it's one that is, you know, one of the many things that need to be addressed. But there's also lots of folks that are veterans, and some of them are suffering from PTSD. Um, there are a lot of women on the streets, and a lot of them are fleeing domestic abuse situations and, and other kinds of problems. And like you mentioned, there are a lot of men, um, particularly older men that I encountered who fell apart after their spouse died or it was after some prolonged illness that their spouse had and depleted a lot of their resources. And uh, a lot of them just kind of fell apart and didn't know how else to get by. Um, yeah. There's certainly a lot of young people on the streets that um, a, a large proportion of them are LGBTQ and, and came out to their families and were essentially kicked out. So uh, wow. a larger than typical percentage of them are on the streets as well. So when people come across someone that's homeless and they want to help, I mean, there, for instance, there's a person that sleeps at the bus stop every morning and I see them all bundled up, you don't see their face, and I keep thinking, I want to run home and get food or do something. What can people do? Well, I think a lot of things, and, and for me, the very first thing is to simply make eye contact and to acknowledge that person and see the humanity in them, let them see the humanity in you. I think that's the baseline or the first step, and a smile and a wave, I think, will go a long way just to giving that person a little bit of um, affirmation and compassion. I think beyond that, people uh, have to do what feels good to them, and I think in some cases that may be handing out money or handing out water or food or, like you mentioned, blankets or caps or right. clothes. A lot depends on what the person that you are interacting with actually needs. And, of course, it's hard to know that until I have a conversation with them. Right. So I, I think that everybody, though, is, you know, needs to have common sense and, you know, trust their instincts about their own safety and so forth. Uh, you know, in the 26 years I've been doing this, I have never even been treated rudely um, by people on the streets. So... My experience has been that, generally speaking, the, um, the the folks there are typically looking for help, and I think whatever people can do is good. Yeah. Well, one of the things that struck me about you is that when you meet somebody, 
let's say you're uh, on the street, mm-hmm. you bend down, you talk to them, you make eye contact, you, you know, you just have this connection and this warmth to you, which is incredible that they don't tend to see. Uh, I, I have been shocked by how many people have told me that, um, I had somebody tell me it's been two years since anyone has asked me, asked me what my name was. Mm-hmm. And that just breaks my heart. Crushing. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yes, I think that it's shocking how much a little kindness or a little bit of connection um, can make a big difference. And it is something that I, I, I know friends of mine who have, uh, you know, after they've seen the documentary, have gone and bought a sign and sent it to me, have written these beautiful long stories about the interaction that they had with somebody. And, you know, I'm just reminded over and over that it's really just about us treating each other uh, a little bit more kindly as fellow human beings. Yes. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Willie Baronet. He's an artist, activist. He's a professor at Southern Methodist University. You're a professor in creative advertising. Um, how long were you involved in this field? What led you to this field? Well, my in my previous life, I owned and ran an ad agency here in Dallas, and my background was always on the creative side, you know, as an art director or creative director, and now I am teaching. I've been here for eight years at SNU, and I teach students various aspects of the creative side of advertising and design. So in some cases, we're creating campaigns or... Uh, logo design, poster design, that sort of thing. I do want to mention, I put a link to your film, Signs of Humanity, up on my show blog, org. This was a beautifully produced film. It was, it was incredible. Tell me a little bit about the team involved in this. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> very grateful that you say that because we felt like it was a pretty guerrilla operation um, since we were in lots of different uh, traffic and sound situations and didn't always, you know, just weren't able to get the kinds of um, great sound quality that uh, you can when you're in a controlled environment. Uh, but it was myself and Tim Chumley, who was the director of photography and also the co-director of the film, and Eamon Downey, a young producer who's based in New York City, and Olivia Morrow, who's a camera person based in Seattle. And the four of us were the crew, basically. Um, I was in front of the camera for a lot of the time. Um, After a while, I sort of forgot cameras were even there. But um, we had an assortment of cameras. We had two cars, and we traveled from Seattle down to San Diego and then to New York City. Uh, in 31 days, oh and we traveled over 7,200 miles, and I'm scared to even guess. I think we had over 200 hours of footage oh uh, after it was all over. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I put the link, so if people want to watch it, I put it on my uh, show blog. You know, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I am always intrigued how people can rise up from really, really tough situations, personally, professionally. Um, you know, in, it was my hope when you were talking to certain people, there was a few that were saying, you know, I'm a writer, I'm working on a book, that your time spent with them would lift them in some way. Well, 
I, I totally agree with you, and I love this name of your show, by the way. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you remember the man, Eddie, uh, in Philadelphia, who had a sign that said, um, what if God occasionally visits Earth disguised as a homeless person to see how charitable we are? Yes. I bought this sign from Eddie in 2014, and I'm uh, he's one of the people that, for whatever reason, two years later... Um, I didn't know this at the time. Eddie was uh, a heroin addict when I bought his sign. Mm. But he contacted me and told me he'd been sober for a year and a half. He had actually gone to jail to get sober. And Eddie and I have now been friends for the past five years. Uh. He has He's joined me on the TEDx stage um, when I talked about this project. He came down from Philly and... Um, I called him up on stage halfway through the talk and let him share a little bit of, about what it was like to be behind the sign. Incredible. And Eddie and I now are really connected. He is, he's got a new grandson. He's reconnected with his own kids. And to me, he's an example of just a person that I happened to come across who has really had a profound change in his own life. Yes. It wasn't because of me, but it was. It just happened to be after he and I connected. So, um, yeah, there is hope, and uh, I see lots and lots of folks that I believe deep in their heart uh, would love for something to change. Yes. I. How did you come up with the idea of asking them, what does home mean to you? That was one of the questions that came up as we were uh, traveling across the country. In some of the early exhibits that I did, uh, in fact, going far, as far back as 2009, I put a big chunk of scrap cardboard on the wall of an art gallery and um, wrote what is home at the top. And that became something that I've incorporated to lots of these art exhibits all across the country. and. Um, it, it seemed like a question that was worth asking of the folks on the street, mainly because I was so surprised that their answers are indistinguishable from the answers that you or I might give. Right. Yeah. You know, especially this time of year, Willie, I feel like so many people should watch this film um, because you take it, take for granted how much you have, you know, and there are some people that have nothing. I do that all the time. I am, um, I've said uh, many times that one of the things I'm most um, thankful for about this project is that it connects me almost on a daily basis to how, how much I'm grateful for. Because, you know, I, I buy signs all the time. I, hardly a couple of days goes by that I don't buy a sign. And it's just this almost daily reminder of just that, you know, whatever I'm complaining about, whether it's, you know, the speed of my Wi-Fi connection or whatever, mm -hmm. that there are real things I could be experiencing that would be so much worse. And so, um, so yeah, I think you're pointing out a really important thing. And, and this time of year, it's easy to forget about people that are really cold sleeping outside uh, in the elements every night. Right. And just a small gesture, whether you're working in a food bank, uh, you're handing out items to the homeless, something. Just just do something, and it makes a huge difference. One of the things that um, I wanted to bring up that really struck me, because I'm so fascinated with the science of happiness lately and what brings us happiness long-term, 
is, uh, well, you just talked about gratitude and helping other people, but a couple of the people you interviewed said they were very smiley and very happy. And um, one gentleman said, you know, when I wake up and the sun's shining and it's another day, you know, I mean, and he didn't seem so weighed down by his circumstances. Yeah, I remember <coughs> there were two, two guys that said something fairly similar to that in the documentary, and I remember both of them. Um, and yeah, it, there is something about a lot of folks having the resilience to, you know, spend all day. And, and let me tell you, it, um, it can be quite rough on the street, not just from the elements and, and so forth, but just the things people yell out and say uh, mm -hmm. to people that are holding signs is pretty pretty hard to, to handle. And I've, I've only gotten it secondhand just being with them at the time. But I, um, I'm shocked by how many of them just have a pretty rosy outlook and they are going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yes. Um, that I, what comes to mind is uh, the interview, I can't remember his name, but he had lost his mom and he didn't have any family, and he said that uh, people were throwing pennies at him, saying, get a job. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking that some people are so uh, callous, and I think it's just uh, from a place of ignorance, because they either Definitely. have prejudged pre folks on the street, or they really just don't know what it's like, but... Um, yeah, uh, there's some there's some tough stories that I've heard from folks. Yeah. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they visit you? Uh, well, <clears throat> you mentioned that the film Signs of Humanity is available on Amazon Prime. Right. Um, the website for this project is called We Are All Homeless. And if you go to weareallhomeless.org, uh, you can see lots of images from past exhibits, um, you can see examples of lots of the signs, a bit about the history of this project, and um, we are a nonprofit. If anybody wants to donate to help us continue to spread this word, we're always grateful for that. But um, those would be the easiest ways to get in touch, and you can contact me through the website as well. Okay. And I didn't ask you, but what is the Mankind Project? The Mankind Project is a men's group that was started in the uh, mid-80s. Uh, if you go to mkp.org, it's really um, a group that is designed to try to help men connect to their deeper purpose and to figure out what might be blocking them from, from achieving that purpose. So it's really about just personal growth for men because we tend to be sometimes not so... Um, adept at our emotional awareness and, and so forth. And that's not all men, of course, but mm -hmm. uh, I know for me, I've been, you know, I did that work for the first time back in 2000, and it had a profound effect on me. It helped me really clarify my own personal mission, and um, it's been a really positive force for me. I've made amazing connections with lots of men all over the world through that. Fantastic. Well, I have to say, in watching uh, your film and all the things you've done, you really touch people's lives. Well, thank you. I, um, I am trying to stay open to this whole process and, and uh, 
see where it leads because it's been an amazing adventure so far. You know, that's the one thing that struck me is sometimes you come up with an idea. It's meaningful. You're just following your gut. It's not about the dollar. And you kind of just go along and you enjoy the ride and what comes up. And I'm sure what you started when you started the project Signs of Humanity, you had no understanding of what you would discover. And then at, at the end, you were probably blown away. Oh my gosh, it, uh, I had absolutely no idea, and no idea that we'd get the media coverage or the, the viral videos, just all of the attention that has happened over the last, especially five years or so. But you mentioned, um, you know, earlier about teaching creative advertising, and one of my, the, the most amazing pieces of this project is I've got amazing students, and I get to bring this project to the classroom, and am always blown away by the um, ideas that students come up with and how touched they are about this work. I have no doubt that some of my students and other students around the world are going to be the ones that are going to come up with the brilliant solutions that are going to solve you know, various aspects of this crisis. So, um, yeah, watching the students and seeing what they do with this has been also just an amazing part of the journey. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. I was so excited when I found out you were able to do this. So I really appreciate it. And I'm going to keep in touch and keep tabs on all the exciting things that you have coming down the road. My pleasure. I appreciate your time. Happy holidays. Same to you. Take care. Thank you, Janine. Okay, bye-bye. That was Willie Baronet, and if you missed any part of our conversation, it'll be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And um, this film I watched was really powerful. Uh, It's about an hour long, Signs of Humanity. You can um, click on the link on my show blog. It's on there, and um, it was just an incredible documentary. Uh, So many different themes of home, homelessness, compassion, humanity, and uh, Willie purchased more than 1,800 homeless signs since 1993. He uses this collection to create installations to raise awareness about homelessness. And during the month of July 2014, he and three filmmakers drove across the country interviewing more than 100 people in the streets and purchasing over 280 signs. So again, I put all the links up on my show blog. If you want to find out about being a guest on my show in the coming year, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. I'll be back next week. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everyone. You are listening to K-U-C-I 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs>